Winona Forever is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head on over to cageclub.me. Hi, I'm Lindsay Gibb. And I'm Rekha Tulsaram. And this is Winona Forever. Winona! Hello, <laughs> we're back, and it's been three years, and Holy cow. yeah, and uh, a lot has changed in those three years. There's <laughs> been I don't know how many, at least three Winona things have come out in that amount of time. But we're going to talk about the first one that came out uh, that we missed in I guess April of 2020. Uh, and the main reason we missed it is because it's a pretty heavy HBO. A series that we did not feel like watching at the beginning of a pandemic. Nope. <laughs> we we tried. I think Chris watched it. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. he was into watching something. <laughs> he was I thought we were political do it. <laughs> and terrifying. Uh, but we were not. We couldn't do no. it. And it took us three years to be like, okay, we're I gonna really finally do time. it. I, I had all the episodes on my computer. And I just couldn't, like, I, I think I watched the first one and maybe half of the second one or something, because when I rewatched it, I remembered, remembered. but, uh, and then I just couldn't do it. It was just, you know, the, with the pandemic and like, it was just such a heavy topic that I couldn't Handle continue it. to watch that. Same. I was just watching a lot of fluff during that time. So it's the plot against America. Um, it is, yeah, an HBO miniseries that Winona is in. She's first billed on the credits, though not, definitely not the main character. Um, and it's based on a Philip Roth novel, I guess, of the same name. And, uh, it's just about an alternative history where Franklin Roosevelt did not, I guess, win an election in, I think, in 1940, uh, so yeah. then the U.S. doesn't join World War II, and Charles Lindbergh is the president and very anti-Semitic. And basically what happens to Jewish people in America if that had happened? That sound correct? Yeah, <laughs> accurate? I think that's accurate. Yeah. yeah, and it's basically from the perspective of, like, one family. You see peripheral things happening around them, but it's, like, yeah, what is happening from that one family. And I guess, Chris, you haven't read this book. No. Okay, but you've read a lot of Philip Roth. Yes. And, and Rekha, have you read much Philip Roth? No. Yeah, no. me neither. I've read one. I've read American Pastoral, and that's it. So, yeah, no perspective on that, <laughs> from I, that perspective. But <laughs> I did read up on, like, the book is from the perspective of Philip, which is, like, the little kid in the yeah. family, and that his, that his name was Philip Roth. Like, they were the Roth family in the book. Oh, interesting. But in this, they're the Levin family. But his oh, name okay. is still Philip in the, in the yeah. show. And so I think it's, like, it's really <clears throat> interesting because the thing that struck me about it is, 
like growing up in the 80s, I feel like there was, you know, nuclear fear of like kids in the 80s who were scared of like, if they had any perspective on what was happening politically, there was like fear of like, what would happen if nuclear war happened? I feel like this is from the perspective of somebody growing up in the 40s, who's like, what would happen if what's happening in Europe came to the States. Yeah. And so that's where this book comes out of, I'm assuming is Philip Roth's own like childhood being afraid of that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of recognizable Roth isms in the, um, uh, the HBO series. It's not unusual for him to have, um, very autobiographical characters. The figure of the father who works for an insurance company is something that happens a lot in the novels. Newark as the location, as a setting, is that's a very Rothian, you know, it's, it's uh, anyone who's read most of his books would, you know, find a lot of the uh, setting and, and, and structure and themes and types of characters very familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the, the story was... I mean, super stressful, but yeah. good. Um, well, like, like you said, it's like it's a kid's fear, so it's just yeah. everything's like a nightmare. Totally, every <laughs> episode was like some new nightmare. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was solid. I think when I showed up here, I said to Chris, "Yeah, it was, it was solid." <laughs> like we were both like, "It was a solid." <laughs> like the acting was good. There was nothing was really, really bad yeah, about right. it. I just still wouldn't like have watched it <laughs> if I didn't have to. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's only just because it's just so much suffering, and you just I don't know if wanting to see to see that like you know what I mean like just that going people going through that trauma because you know I don't know it seems all too real almost so it's just really hard to watch. I I think it also like ultimately like Lindsay said there's nothing really wrong with it but I don't know if it does a great job of being super compelling um, like. You mentioned Cold War anxiety before, but I thought like a series like Chernobyl um, mm -hmm. was very entertaining. Um, I mean, it's not like a Sopranos type prestige television. Like it doesn't have that kind of impact. But I think like it's not impossible to me that like a film about American fascism made right at the conclusion of like the Trump presidency in America could not have been like a landmark piece of culture. And, and it's not. Right. It doesn't really mm -hmm. like rise to that. But it, you can see like how there could be like a value in that. You know, you can see why someone would attempt that. And yeah, yeah, totally. I was thinking the whole time, like the timing of this is very natural. Like this, the book was written, I think, in 85 or something. It came out. Oh, no, no. 2004. I don't know where I'm getting 84. Yeah, so, but, like, just the fact that this book from 2004 was chosen to be, like, created into a miniseries at that time in, like, 2020 or before yeah. is, I assume, because of yeah. Trump <laughs> and, yeah. like, what was happening leading up to Trump and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it parallels Trump so much, but it's yeah. interesting that it was written before. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure... Things were are cyclical I mean, and just constantly happening like yeah. that. I don't know. I was watching like a, there's a series called, what is it called? Something about the 90s. It's uh, the dark side of the 90s. 
series. It's like a Vice series, I think. Um, and I was watching the ah uh, crap, I've forgotten his name. He Rush died. Limbaugh. Yeah, Limbaugh. Yes, thank you. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was all about Rush Limbaugh and like his, how he rallied the right to yeah, right. like with all these lies and stuff. And yeah. that just kind like watching that was also paralleled watching this show. <laughs> like right. holy crap, it's so similar and yeah. So anyway. Uh, so yeah, this show. Do, I guess we tell people kind of roughly what happened in it. If, you, if you're ta- yeah. listening to this and didn't watch it, uh, a so lot of things yeah, happen. What's that? And they're like, there's six episodes, and they're yes. like an hour long, and whew. and yeah, each episode like a whole lot of plot movement happens because obviously yes. this is based mm-hmm. on a book. So like to to get all of those pieces in, I doubt they got all of the pieces in, but they got a lot of pieces. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, it's like the family potentially. So it's like, it's uh, a dad, a mom and two kids. So Sandy and Philip are the two kids. Uh, and then it's the mom's, uh, sister is Winona. So that's where Winona comes into this. She is seemingly not much of a character to begin with because she's, like what is she she works for like the teachers union and she's single and she lives with their mother as uh, taking care of her but then and she was at the beginning she's dating someone you know a married, married man yeah, yeah. And, you know it's not going well so she, she's just not he's not jewish too Gentile, which is another yeah. thing oh yeah, yeah. but also he's married and like not I guess saying that he's going to leave his wife, but then very clearly says on screen that he is not. (laughs) So, and then it's, yeah, Winona meeting uh, John Turturro, who is a rabbi, like a big high profile rabbi, and then Mm -hmm. sort of getting in with him and working for him and then eventually marrying him. But the reason that they're such a big plot point whatever is because the rabbi is like very pro Lindbergh thinks that Lindbergh is going to do good things for the country even though he's clearly seems to be anti-Semitic and like lots of people can see why he's bad um, and I get the ear of Lindbergh or whatever yeah. he thinks so. he can change him or something or like at right. least like through the first lady uh, make sure that they have like Jewish I don't know the Jewish community in mind when they're Protected, making decisions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Considered. Whereas I think they were just using him to just, you know, make it look like they weren't anti-Semitic. <laughs> right. To make yeah. him, he was supposed to make them palatable to, uh, centrist voters, you know, exactly. who might be turned off by, you know, Lindbergh's, um, relationship with Nazis. <laughs> betraying America yeah. as the misguided and ill-intentioned continue to charge Colonel Lindbergh has almost single-handedly served to strengthen America's military preparedness. Does that idiot think one single Jew is going to go out and vote for this anti-Semite because of that stupid lying speech? And what does he think he's doing? Koshering Lindbergh. Koshering what? They didn't get him up there to talk to Jews. They didn't buy him off for that. Don't you understand? He's up there talking to the Goyim. He's given all the good Christian folks of this country their personal rabbi's permission. To vote for Lindy and, and, and not to think themselves Nazis or, or, or anti-Semites. Mm-hmm. He's also, I mean, I, I think that from Winona's perspective, even though her sister, who's played by Zoe Kazan, is like saying, and especially her husband, <laughs> Zoe's husband, or what? what's Zoe's name? B, or no, Bess. Bess. She's Elizabeth. Bess. Bess. Yeah. 
So she's always telling her, like, you're wrong. He's bad. Like, uh, but also she's trying to kind of stay neutral or stay, like, Mm -hmm. without causing uh, upset in the family and, like, arguing about politics. But the dad, Herman, uh, he is, like, super, has a lot of opinions, yells about them, but is always saying, like, I want, I'm American, I need to stay here and fight, like, to, to be treated right, and, like, I refuse to bow to anything. I'm not letting them run me off. This is my country. Jew haters want a country? They got plenty to choose from. This one they're not getting. He keeps thinking that, like, logic is going to prevail and that, like, good yeah, things will like, happen because they're Americans yeah. and it's good, but he's not yeah. seeing that like he has no control over it and that bad things yeah. are going to happen to him and his family if he doesn't like run basically like a lot of people are right running to, to Canada right at the end he's like okay you're right let's move to Canada and you she's know. like it's way too late they've closed the borders we're going to yeah. start a war with Canada now like what the heck uh, but but yeah what was I going to say Winona thinks initially that uh, Lindbergh is good because uh, he's anti-war and anti-joining World War II. And so I think that's, like, what really took hold for a lot of the people who, like, vote mm-hmm. for him in this scenario yeah, is, like, oh, he's war. not going to join the war. Like, why should we join this war that has nothing to do with us? So, yeah. and that's really what the rabbi's saying as well. Yep. Yeah. Let the Europeans just die yeah and and the american the american isolationism was a current then and it's not not an issue now as well you know in the trump era trump didn't you know was all into tariffs and america first and all this kind of stuff and i think that was one of the more obvious like parallels they drew today is like the american first slogan of of Lindbergh. totally and i think it's also like an american extension of like neville chamberlain and the the british letting you know appeasing hitler because you have a war weary populace and um you know they start to think like well you know if if you negotiate or you know accept like a bad guy as long as there's not war then it's a win and i don't know who like presumably there was an election in 1940 and roosevelt won but like who was against him do you know i tried looking up whether Lindbergh actually ran I did look, yeah, I looked it up too. But and? He, he didn't run. I didn't uh, think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't everybody remember, calls him a hero. Everybody loves him because he's like this aviation, like, guy. And yeah. <laughs> this is clear. I don't know like, that much about Lindbergh. But, <laughs> but, like, that is what they're essentially but yeah, saying Sandy about him. has all these pictures of him. Like, he's, he's already drawn pictures of him, like, before, oh, yeah. Well, he's yeah, uh, yeah. like a he. He made a record, right? He was the first person to uh, do a transatlantic flight or something like that. Isn't yeah, that the he's big? Got some some good. Yeah, he's like an aviation record. pioneer, and yes. he kind yeah. of yeah. So that's what wins opinions. people over too. It's very yeah. much. It's very much the Trump thing. Like he's a self-made man. He's a like businessman. Celebrity. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, what do we think of Winona? In this, she's infuriating. I mean, she's good. <laughs> she, like she's like, solid. She, her character is obviously not, you know, an, an you know terrific human. Obviously, like, <laughs> no, so frustrating. Oh man, she's just, like, yeah. Oh, she's just so, you know, naive, or and like, 
just obviously only looking out for herself. Mm-hmm. Just wants to be, you know, married, like the the, repeat, the status, you know, excited to you know, meet the president, president, being the thing. Like it's all about status for her. It's nothing Absolutely. to do with anything else. Yeah, and um, she convinces herself, I think, that uh, that all of this stuff is true. That Lindbergh isn't anti-Jewish people, yeah. and like that she's so deluded. She's so she deluded. <laughs> but then she sucks her family in. Like, there's the whole what yeah. is it called? Just folks. That was the that name <laughs> the of that program that was, was creepy, so man. like yeah, it's so like close to reality. <laughs> but like yeah, so that that program was that it was like the rabbi was involved in it, and I guess the government, and it was like sending Jewish kids like to rural uh, southern towns, yeah, yeah, to like farm. Kentucky and, yeah, Indiana and, yeah, all over. And just uh, working in farms for the summer, like a summer program. Yeah, it's basically taking them out of their Jewish communities and, like, integrating them into, like, real America, as they said. Like, Like, they're meeting real Americans. Assimilation, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And so Sandy, the brother, the brother of Philip... Uh, the older brother, he goes and he becomes all pro this whole thing and like gets on side really with Winona and uh, Totoro. <laughs> I guess I should get, come up with the character names, <laughs> Winona and Totoro. Winona is Evelyn and he's just the rabbi. I'm sure he has a name. Rabbi Lionel Bengelsdorf. Yeah. Anyway, they just call him the rabbi a lot. Even she calls him rabbi, I think, and she, like, marries him. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Um, just as a side note, Winona got married to Rabbi Finkelstorf. How often has she gotten married in her films? I don't... Not super often. And she didn't really get married, but when else was she married? I don't think very much. I don't recall. She doesn't marry Dracula. Oh, but, oh, she, but they yeah. do have like a pretty like there, there they do have a cross this the cross generational bond or whatever because she resembles. There is something in Dracula. Yeah, there is. That's something her. There. That's right. That's her most fidelity, not fidelity, well, but Keanu. Yeah. Yeah, because she does marry. Oh, doesn't right. she marry she Keanu? Is and is it that married, yeah. where yeah, the guy yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. legally like a, a legal person marriage, who could yeah. perform marriage? So they are like, I guess we're married. What about Age yeah. of Innocence? Hmm. Is there a wedding in there? Isn't it terrible that I don't remember these movies <laughs> very well? But we did watch them like over three years ago. I don't think there is a wedding in Age of Innocence. She's I think too young. Already married, isn't it? But even if she's already, oh, married, you're asking like, yeah, like not playing a married person by getting married. Do yeah. we see a wedding? Yeah. That's one thing about her wedding. It's very opulent. It's very fancy. It's very, like you say, she wants status and everything, so she's getting that. But it's cool. There's no family. Right. Like, what did the deal with the Levens not being there? Is it just that they really hate their policies and their stuff and they know? Yeah, yeah, they like that. The dad was so, like, he would never go to to their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. They don't really even address sister, it. They don't really talk about it. Dan was like, no way, man. What, what are you doing? Yeah, and one of the, I guess it's part of that whole just folks thing or an ouch output of that is that they, the company that the dad works for, you say it's an insurance company? I think he works for like the, the yeah, I think it's insurance. 
Yeah, it was something called like mm, what was it called? Mm, yeah, you're right. Something it's something life, life or something. something. Yeah. yeah. Metropolitan something Metro or Metro Life or something. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's big there. Like in the very beginning, he's about to like get a, a promotion and they're going to move to a new neighborhood that's like fancier, but not Jewish. And like, mm-hmm. there's no community that they see when they go there. Like everybody, as Philip's friend says, like rich people play in their backyards, like rich kids play in their backyards and like poor kids play in the streets. So you don't see yeah. any activity. Um, so they decide not to move. He doesn't take, I guess, the promotion. But then they become part of this whole move to, like, send all the Jewish people to, like, Kentucky and, like, wherever else in the south. And so Kentucky is the one that they're chosen. That family is chosen to go to, and they fight against that. He basically quits his job so that they don't have to go. Yeah, but and the reason that they were chosen to go to Kentucky was because of Winona. 100%. Like, yeah, she, Sandy like, put told, their name up. Yeah. yeah. And then that little Philip a little shit he went and told Winona to put uh, his little neighbor boy uh, mm. um, up instead yeah what's his name yeah. not Sheldon uh, let's find the little neighbor boy oh he's That's so right. cute Selden. 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 Yeah, the, chil- the children are adorable in this I know <laughs> Selden is a particularly cute <laughs> yeah. With his glasses and just like his one track mind. The brainy, the brainy shy kid. Yeah, yeah. his dad dies. Yes. Uh, and then he's sent off with his mom to live in Kentucky, in rural Kentucky. is too little. And then, of course, really sad. Like, yeah. Luckily, right. luckily, um, Zoe or whatever, Beth calls him and says, you know, hey, how you doing? He's like, my mom's not home. And then she, he calls back and is like, yeah, my mom's still not home. And then, and he's panicking. He's like, I'm sure yeah, she's dead. Really she's panicking. been yeah. killed or whatever. And she's all like, she's amazing. I, I think Zoe Kazan is like the best that actor in this. Yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. She did really well. I even was thinking like, wow. Yeah. She was very, Pull that off. She's she like, was like on the phone with him and crouching down and the bullets in the background, the gunshots on the street. And then yeah. she's trying to calm him down as she's freaking out herself. You could tell, like, that was a really good thing. And so, yeah, that's also the most, one of the most tense, like, every episode had at least one, like, big tense thing where you're like, what's going to happen? Or, like, it's frustrating because Winona and the rabbi are, like, saying one thing and the family's saying, you're wrong, you know, type thing. But in that one, it's where the dad and Sandy have to go to Kentucky to like get the kid because they're like this poor kid. Now he has no mom. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happened to his mom and like, he needs somebody. So they go and pick him up and. But it's not like like, the most simple road trip ever. It's like the most scariest road trip. I know. There's like mobs and KKK. The clan is going to get them. So like, you know, they're like, have a, he has a gun under his seat, the dad. So it's like... I know. And I was so afraid he would have to use it and then something bad mm-hmm. would happen. Like, even if they Ugh. didn't get killed, like, that he'd go to jail or, like, something bad would happen. Yeah, there's, yeah, like, a moment... Stressful. There's a moment when they leave and, like, he sees, like, a roadblock and, like, some people and, like, a mob kind of and he, like, backs up and goes a different way and I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God. Every time it was like, what's going to happen? them and then they do make it there but then they find out that the way the mom died was that the kkk got her and like burnt her alive in her car 
and yeah. they see it on the way back. But I'm like, what's to stop that from happening to them on the way back? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was so stressful. It was very stressful. And they yeah. pass by like a burning building and Klansmen. And just like, it was so tense. It was so tense. And then Zoe's at home, like, just hoping that her family gets home. Like, you know, I mean, we're talking the 40s, the time of, like, having no communication (laughs) with people that are not in the house. (laughs) Uh, So stressful. Poor, Poor her character. Poor Bess. Like, she's just under stress at all times. Yeah, like her her husband's all self righteous and like totally justified in what he thinks, but like he's just not going about it always the right way, right? Like he's just like the right things will prevail, and she's like, no, let's just get the fuck out of here. Like we went to hear that guy speak, and like I knew like something bad is gonna happen there. You can't go here, like Mm -hmm. you know. Of course, he got he's got his he got beat up. And was he there with Philip? Did he take the Yeah, I remember Philip being there. No, he took Philip to the funeral of that uh, radio guy. Oh, right. So was he with Alvin? He was with somebody. Some public demonstration, though. At the talk. I thought there was a kid at the. uh, I I thought he put him on his shoulders. Yeah, but that was at the. That was at the funeral. Oh, that was. Okay. So, yeah, Yeah. what we're talking about now is Walter Winchell or whatever was a radio personality who was, I guess, Jewish and was like speaking in, in support of like. Support of Jewish people, but also in, like, anti-Lindbergh and stuff. And then he gets, I guess, does he get taken off the radio? Or does he just stop being a radio personality because he's running for president? Whatever happens to him, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> but but then he's running for president and he's giving speeches. And then at the one that the dad goes to, some guys that are clearly Nazis, I think they might have even had, like, Nazi, like, gear on, come yeah. in and just start beating everybody up. But then at home... Bess hears it on the radio and the radio report is like that the the supporters of Walter Winchell are the ones that got all like yeah it's all backwards yeah and that these other people were like silent observers it's like no way they like stormed into that crowd and the beat the shit the police just stood by too yeah yeah the police that like they were yelling at the police to do something and the police weren't doing yeah. anything and, and ladies you know women were being knocked over old you know seniors and it was just that's right, he did go by himself because he came home by himself in the car and his face was all beat up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what an awful, awful... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Winchell was killed at one of his talks that's in another right. state. Yeah. And that's what that like sets off all kinds of riots and then lots of Jewish people are being killed. So that's the other thing that makes it stressful when he's like driving across the country is not only do we know that like the Southern states are more anti-Jewish maybe than like they're in Newark, than their surrounding area, even though they're also feeling it from people that they encounter. When they take that trip to Washington, that was also just like scary and awful. They get kicked yeah, out of their hotel. Yeah, they get kicked out of their hotel. Because they're, they're like, Jewish, why basically. And the cops do nothing about it. They say, like, it's, a, you know, the, the business can do whatever they want type thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's also stressful that they're driving away from their home because there's just general Jewish people being killed all over. Yeah. Ugh. And there's that whole side story of the cousin. Yeah. Do you want to tell that? <laughs> I, think, I think the cousin is the most interesting 
thing to me, the, the character of Alvin, because Alvin. the the book, I assume the book, the series is definitely kind of presenting two different ways, you know, two different visions of manhood, I guess, during, uh, you know, this political crisis. And there's, and, and it seems critical of Herman, who believes in, in systems and, and, and society and that, you know, that, that rationality will prevail. And he's always listening to the radio. And Alvin is cynical about all of it from the get-go. He, he leaves a job and then he gets another job as a driver. He gets treated badly. And he wants, you know, he's this kind of figure of independence and stuff. And what does he do? He goes to Montreal and he enlists in the war and fights. And and But um, it seems to be critical of people who stay in this domestic space, I guess. And I don't know, I guess if, if this is coming out strategically, like after the Trump thing, I think about how like a lot of like rising Christian fascism during the, you know, the, our era is experienced on Twitter and people saying, don't normalize this. And, and this seems to be like a vision of, um, it's not enough to just, you know, pay attention and have opinions and, you know, hope that, you know, as long as we have the right opinions, eventually people will be persuaded by us and (laughs) things will happen. But did you sort of get that, that feeling too, like that it was, that through this two different, you know, the Alvin Herman uh, dichotomy was kind of saying something about our era or even, I don't know. Oh, for sure. Even their last conversation, one of their last conversations when they're fighting, you know, when they have that big brawl. Right. Yeah. And then it ends up as literally a physical, uh, yeah. Uh, um, crack up. Yeah. He was like, and he said, you know, you know, I was talking, and you know, he's, he's talking. He's, you know, and he's like, not talking. You have to act. You have to do something. You know, and Alvin was really big on like acting and doing, like hitting, and you know, being there and being part of it. Where he, and he thought, you know, that's how you get it done. Where, right, and, and from the very beginning, he gets revenge on the on the brown shirts at the beer garden for beating up his friend. Remember, they yeah. So at the, they're already cutting between. Uh, Herman watching newsreels, Herman, you know, Listen arguing with his neighbors about, you know, who's a good guy and who's a bad guy or who, you know, um, what's the name of the the um, the broadcaster he's always listening to? Winchell. Winchell and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and Alvin doesn't care about any of that. Yeah. It gets sort of like um, you have to take matters into your own hands and you have to, yeah. yeah. Totally. And Alvin, like you said, he had jobs that he just thought were useless so he didn't participate in them eventually or just left but then he had a job as a driver for like i guess i don't know if he was a political figure or if he was just a businessman but he was somebody who treated everybody really badly and eventually alvin just said like go fuck yourself i'm not going to do anything for you and just walked away and that was like herman going like i stuck my neck out for you and got you this job Mm -hmm. Um, so he's just like, you have to fall in with society and like, do the thing, like get the job and like work and like be a good person. And Alvin's like, not if I hate the person I'm working for and Mm -hmm. see that he's a piece of shit. I have to be in debt to him my whole life. Yeah. Kind of like a Gen Z. (laughs) That's what I struggle with, with plot against America though, is that it, you know, it, it does make this point about that, you know, the Alvins of the world versus the Hermans of the world. But if it ends yeah. badly for both of them, like, what are we supposed to do with that? Right. 
That's why this is so. <laughs> this is like a <laughs> draining <laughs> thing to watch. It's interesting. I tried. I read up on like how the book ends versus how this ended because this ended so like a uh, like you couldn't really tell what had happened, right? Like you assume that it didn't go well. I guess it was the speech. <laughs> it was like the what's her name's speech, the first lady's speech. And, yeah. Uh, and all the stuff that's happening over it, and it's like the voting and the election. The new election. The so, rabbi get that, you know. Yeah, I mean, at least the first lady's speech. So, like, I guess another thing that happens to Winona that finally, like, conks her. It almost seems like it conks her into reality, but then she goes all conspiracy theory. Is that she, like, her and the rabbi get woken up by, like, FBI, and they're, like, arresting the rabbi because they say the rabbi has been a Rasputin figure to the first lady and just, like, coercing her to do things for the Jewish, like, I don't know. <laughs> plot against America, I yeah. guess, essentially. Yeah. And then uh, she comes to her sister begging her to take her in because she's like, they're going to come for me next. And her, that that was peak. Like, that was one of the best, mm -hmm. I think, parts of the series is like, finally somebody tells Winona what a piece of shit she's been <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Seriously. She's like, no, you're a piece of shit and you're not coming to my house. We're done, you know. I'm that was that was probably you. the most affecting Winona scene is when she's yeah. basically cast off for for being, you know, just a figure Selfish of betrayal. Really, bitch. Yeah. We are all afraid. People are dead. Evelyn. People are dead. They're going to arrest me. They'll torture me, Bessie. <laughs> you can know this: that I will always love you. <laughs> But I will never forgive you. Don't come back here. Ever. Bess, I, I didn't want for any of these things to happen. I didn't do anything wrong. And that she's trying to say, like, but I had good intentions or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, but you wouldn't. Like, they don't say these exact things. But, like, essentially she wouldn't listen to her sister and that her sister's family that whole time when they were saying they didn't want all the stuff that Winona was, like, trying to give them. But mm -hmm. Winona was, like, acting like, I know what's best for you. I'm going to do what's best for you and, like, get you wrapped up in the whole, like integrating Jewish people into like, you know, real America or whatever the heck it was supposed to be. And then she comes saying like, they're going to arrest me. And she's like, I, you know, I'll always love you, but I'll never forgive you and get, get yeah. out of here. I never want to see you again, hmm. basically. Yeah. But Winona at that point and the, and the rabbi are all conspiracy theory. Like, Oh, the Lindbergh baby was never killed he was kidnapped and became a nazi and like and he's been like manipulating things i don't know there was some whole conspiracy that they had. yeah <laughs> and they know. were just like they looked at him that they're like out to lunch they're like no guys you're done yeah it was wild um I feel like there was a point. Oh, yeah. So I looked up the book to see how it ended because the show ends with, like, the new election and some hope that, like, they're going to get back to, like, not a non-Lindbergh time. But then you see people stealing the ballot boxes and burning ballots and all this stuff yeah. that seem to be in, like, black and Jewish neighborhoods, maybe, that they're stealing yeah. from. So you're like, uh-oh. 
And then it just ends. Like, they're announcing the results of the election, but you don't hear them. Uh, But in the book, Roosevelt wins again, and then Pearl Harbor happens. They do join the war. Pearl Harbor happens, and then... Or or Pearl Harbor happens, and they do join the war. So it's almost Um, like it, like, rectifies history at the end and, like, gets it back in line with what actually happened. Sorry, ruined the book for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. But that, that's interesting that they ended it differently here. It's more mm-hmm. cynical. Well, but yeah, but they released it before the 2020 election. Was it 2020? Yeah. Because there were elections oh, right. in they November, did, yeah. right? And right. this premiered in April. So that yeah. must have been a creative choice. They yeah. got the rights yeah. to this thing. They chose 2020 to oh, release sure. it. I, they must have... They must have... I, I, I don't know. It seems very strategic to not have the results of the election when you release such a charged film. Yeah. Before uh, a very polarized American um, campaign. Well, and then what ended up happening with all the, like, Trumpers who are like, oh, the rigged election, Trump definitely won. It's really interesting that prior to that, this this showed, like, ballots being stolen and all that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I mean, it's something that's been suggested in other elections, too. It's not like the Trumpers made it up (laughs) for the first (laughs) time. So, Um, I mean, they made it up, but not for the first time. (laughs) What was I going to say? What what do you so with Alvin and the whole like he goes to war, he loses his leg, he comes back into the States it seems like he's being hunted by the FBI. Like the family and yeah. him are kind of being hunted by this guy. Is that the guy who suddenly ends up being British? <laughs> the FBI guy? I think it's the same guy, isn't it? I, I think so. And suddenly he was in the British, he was a British side of it and then takes Alvi and uses his, uh, why am I calling him Alvi? Alvin. <laughs> and uses his skills and, you know, for some secret mission. Right. And p- potentially shut down the Lindbergh plane, Lindbergh's plane. Did something, intercepted it, maybe it kidnapped involved. him, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All we know is Lindbergh went missing, and that's when all the riots and weird stuff starts happening. I, I liked that where um, they had ambiguity about what actually happened. Like, the, the movie becomes a thriller all of a sudden, a suspense thriller, um, but you just think about how in a chaotic situation like that, people get information very unreliably or very mm-hmm. incompletely, and the narrative decides to withhold certainty from us as well as viewers, and I thought that was neat. Fascinating. But also stressful. <laughs> it's <so> stressful! <laughs> Yeah, that's my takeaway from this. It was as stressful as I anticipated it to be. And that, yeah, because I think I only watched one episode, like, back in April 2020. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I'm in the mood for this. Yeah, and it never being, like, stopped. isolated in a pandemic with, like, a newborn child. I was just like, no, I'm not going to watch this right now. I was, I was watching Voyager, Star Trek. Nice. <laughs> I feel like I was, was watching the, a lot. That was, like, a comfort show. That's good. Yeah, I don't remember what I was watching. It was like dumb movies, probably some series, but I don't remember which ones. I think I just kept watching virus movies 
any movie. Oh, I hate you. Yeah, I went the other way. I watched Contagion like three times in the first year <gasps> of the God. pandemic. You just wanted to be like hammered with yeah. <laughs> the misery yeah. at the time. Yeah. I go the other way. <laughs> Yeah, you ran towards this, because <laughs> I just remember Chris being like, I'm ready, I'm ready anytime to record this podcast, and we're like, we're not, we can't do it. Yeah, we're, 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 we're like, nope, <laughs> just not going to do it. Can't do it. Yeah, and then since then, Rekka has moved away to an undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> Rekka is joining us remotely. Remotely. Yep. And mm-hmm. I guess that's probably how it'll be. From now on, unless you happen to be in Toronto and want to record a podcast during your time in Toronto. <laughs> Why not? It could happen. It might happen. <laughs> um, and we've got anyhow. some stuff to record. Winona's put out a few things. Uh, yes. And Lindsay and I were in, I don't know. That's right. If we were in a Winona Ryder documentary that was done by a German company and we've never seen it but people have yep um a friend of mine has um i think she can get me the link to it oh please uh, i would that. like to see it i'm sure it's not in english right <laughs> like it's in french yeah. and german or both it but was on it's a, a lot of TV. it's a lot of english talking heads in it though so this is true someone connect uh messaged me and she she had seen it in paris right yeah because it was oh. french and german tv i think yeah it's like, well. Winona Ryder, the ghost, the ghosts she called, twenty twenty two by Lucas Hoffman. Oh, it's only fifty three minutes. That's that's the duck. Yep, we're in it. That so that's one thing we did together during the pandemic. We all went there with with past uh, podcast guest Nigel Goodall. Oh yeah, he's in it. He's got to be in it. He's the biographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on, uh, I don't know if we're on, what are you on right now? Is it Letterboxd or? Yeah. Yeah. We're like listed. We have listings on Letterboxd. Your third build, Rekka. (laughs) Above Monona. What? (laughs) Where am I? You're fifth. Oh, why am I so low? (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Yeah, there we are. It was pretty uh, pretty funny to come across that. (laughs) I wonder wonder if Monona's seen it. Or knows about it. I doubt she's seen it. She yeah. wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Probably doesn't want to watch a thing. I have no, no idea what we even said. I feel like there was movies know. that they I wanted was, us to talk about that I didn't remember. Time in our lives. Who knows what the heck happened? Yeah. Right. We had masked up and went into the studio, unmasked for the recording part. The filmmakers were in Germany, or the doc- documentarians were in Germany. Yeah. And uh, they had a You went through for- all the movies. And yeah, pretty much. Oh, it was a lot. Well, I, they had sent us like three hours of clips and were like, these are the clips we're going to talk about. But it was like three hours. So I never watched the, <laughs> Like I started to watch it and I was like, this is very long. So I didn't get through all of it, which I guess is like if we had watched all those clips, we would have maybe been prepared to talk about uh, what they wanted us to talk about. But um, we kind of winged it. And then, yeah, I think it was House of the Spirits that they wanted us to talk about that I was like, honestly... I don't remember a thing about House <laughs> of the Spirit. Sorry. I met a couple followers on uh, from Germany after that. Oh, really? <laughs> on what? <laughs> on probably like Twitter and Instagram. Wow. You know. Yeah. That's cool. But like just a couple. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Now I'm still only getting called upon mostly for Nicolas Cage things. 
<laughs> but <laughs> but this was a nice one, a nice change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope there's more. That was really funny. In the meantime, um, did she do a com- She did something funny with um, Timothy Chalamet, or was that before the pandemic? I have no idea anymore. She did that commercial with Timothy Chalamet during the football show, yeah. uh, the Super Bowl, the football show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was the uh, cadillac there's a cadillac commercial from 2021 but it's called scissor hands free so i assume who's in it uh yeah chalamet and winona and they do yes. sort of you know so edward scissorhands yeah. in it yeah and she's like a mom i think oh really interesting i so he's I baby scissor <laughs> he's the child of yeah oh Timmy yeah, Beetlejuice she's... too so she did Plot Against America then she did this I don't I haven't watched this have you the Sarah Cooper everything's fine that's like the yes you did watch I that I did watch it okay so I guess we gotta talk about it so I guess I gotta watch it I forgot about that it's yes. directed by <laughs> Natasha Leone oh I like her that's yeah I know that's really cool okay so that'll be next I guess and then there was this Gone in the Night uh, kind of horror, thriller, whatever movie, which I have watched, oh, shockingly, because I, I don't like skipping ahead. But <laughs> I think I was just looking for stuff to watch, and I was like, ah, oh, why not? Uh, so I'll rewatch it when we go to talk about it. She's apparently uncredited in Haunted Mansion. Oh, is that a movie? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. That, that one I'm not looking forward to having to try and find and watch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's on like Disney and I don't have that. So we'll find oh, it yeah. somehow. And then yeah. Stranger Things, which I have not watched yet. What? <laughs> I know because <laughs> I'm holding it until we're ready to talk about it. But that's been a um, long, long hold. Yeah, I was going to rewatch it, but then I was going to, I'm going to wait for the rewatch, I guess. But yeah, it's, it was, I, li- I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's all I'll say about that. Well, and when we do that episode, we can talk about our other outing that we had that you and I oh, went yeah. to the Stranger Things experience <laughs> in Toronto. So that was nice. Oh, a nice little get together for the, <laughs> the co-hosts. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's what we have to look forward to. Is there any last thoughts on Plot Against America from anyone? Um, if you want to be really bummed out. <laughs> yeah. If you want to not escape from reality, it's kind of like you just want to. Because I, I, I mean, I find that still has a lot of parallels to current. You know what's happened in the queer community? Like pride flags are being burned, and like, yeah, people are being killed. Rise of hate. Pride flags. So, like watching like this with the rise of hate, and this with the current rise of hate now, it's just it was like a lot, a lot to take in. And all the misinformation, too, that, like, can easily be spread and then people pick it up and live by it. I mean, what's happening in Canada right now is that we can't get news on, uh, like, social media platforms because there's a, is it a bylaw? I don't know. It's some kind of law that... uh, It's a federal bill that was supposed to compensate journalism in social media, and uh, rather than, you know, 
pay uh, pay journalists or pay for newspapers. Yeah, for circulation content. of news on social media. The, the the social networks just decided, or Zuckerberg and Facebook or Meta, just decided not to have any Canadian news and block it actively. I think the same thing happened in Australia a year ago. But Australia got it back. There was some kind of deal like made. And so yeah. hopefully that's where we get to. I don't even know what the deal was made or if it was in the benefit of the news uh, things, which I would hope that it would be. But I don't have high hopes, <laughs> not knowing how it turned out exactly. It's a shame how dependent we are on these, these private, you know, uh, platforms. Yeah, but it's wild right now. Like if you go even to magazines, which I don't think we're even like necessarily a part of the whole bill, like whatever bill. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know exactly what it, it was. Mm -hmm. um, they like you can't see any content. They just blocked all their content. So if you go to like the walrus or something, yep. it says like you can't view this in Canada, which they, is ridiculous. They like, blocked the Beaverton, which is like <laughs> Canada's, which is like Canada's onion. The Beaverton <laughs> oh, got got blocked on Facebook. That's satire. That. That's so silly. Ugh. It's just... Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stuff's happening. So it's harder to share news. Like, real information, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I think it would be nice to see Winona in more age-appropriate roles like this, mm. playing aunts and playing... Um, um, yeah, just more mature characters you know i guess stranger yeah. things is is like you know another sort of domestic and it was probably such character. a challenging role for her to play this character because she's such a doofus you know like because she's so naive and yeah winona completely the opposite of that and so yeah yeah, yeah to play that a character cool. that that is disgraced and mm -hmm. uh um yeah it's not not a typical I guess she's older in Black Swan. She's sort of the, yeah, um, you know, has the fall from grace in Black Swan, but that's sort of a different, a little different, a different set of uh, <laughs> conventions. Yep. Whose plane is that? Ours or yours? That's our plane. Oh, <laughs> I, I should have I should have closed the window. Whoops. <laughs> Very our unprofessional. Plane. Our plane is coming to take us away now. So <laughs> that's, that's Charles Lindbergh. Oh no! Oh no! We found Lindbergh. <laughs> there he is. Ridiculous. Okay. Well, I guess we don't necessarily recommend it, but Winona's good in it, and it's well. I don't know, Chris. Do you recommend it? I mean, you were a little more into it. We than were us, all we were all quite engaged watching it. And yes. if you want to be engaged, and if you want something that's quite interesting to watch, mm -hmm. go for it. But if you want to be bummed out, <laughs> I think it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, I think I would compare it to like a Chernobyl. It's it's serviceable. It's yeah. entertaining, but it's not going to be this earth shattering like it doesn't land as hard as it might have um but it's it's definitely compelling entertainment mm -hmm. gives you something Woo! to think about <laughs> uh, yep well it's nice to be back with winona and i guess we'll uh, i don't know how regularly we're gonna be posting new Winona. We've just identified that we have at least four things. I don't know that we're going to necessarily get on our every two week schedule again, but we'll 
Well, we'll keep you updated. Well, yeah. It's a pop-up yeah. podcast Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> It'll pop up every now and then. So thanks oh, there's, for... There's my dog, so... Yeah. Henri's <laughs> like, stop. It's time. <laughs> All right. Well, nice to see you, Rekka. You too. <laughs> see you again. This was great. Bye. 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 Winona Forever is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Episodes produced by Chris Landry. Music by No Refunds. Hosted by Lindsay Gibb and Rekka Tulsaram. Contact Rekka and Lindsay at Winona at cageclub.me.